Let's stand together today and let's open our Bibles to John chapter 10. I want you to think with me. We're going to start this series. We're going to be talking about healthy churches. Uh, what is a, I've been around a lot of churches in my life. I've been around churches that were extremely, extremely healthy. I've been around churches who were healthy in some ways and not healthy in other ways. Uh, I've unfortunately been a part of a couple of churches where I've been a part of, of saying this is so unhealthy that the only way for it to ever become healthy in this community again is it needs to close and sit for a while and it needs to be rebirthed because it's so unhealthy. What makes a healthy church? How should we see church? And I'm very concerned today about how Americans see church. How we see it. So there's so much of it in America that we see the church like a consumer sees a restaurant. And, and we don't see ourselves as part of something. We see ourselves as going to something. And, and over these next several weeks, I want to I challenge your concept of the church and challenge your concept of what it means to be a healthy member of the church. Because at the core, a church gets strong as the core. You know, we work the core of our bodies for our bodies to be strong. We have, the core of the church has to be strong for the body to be strong. And so there's some concepts that we have to have right in our thinking for the church to be strong, and it certainly can't be, you know, a consumer mentality. Listen to what it says in John chapter 10, verse 7. It says, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But, sheep, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, will go, go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Father, we thank you for your word today and pray you bring it alive within us. I pray that today uh, you would stir in us a greater love for others than we've ever had before. Stir in us an awareness as believers, as, as children of God, an awareness of, our, of, of, of your love for others and the people you would have us to love. And Father, stir in us whether we've ever acknowledged you as Lord, that today is the day we need to acknowledge you as Lord. And if we've never put our trust in you to be Savior, that today is the day we should put our trust in you to be Savior of our lives. Help us today, guide us today, and let your spirit be upon us as it already has been, and even more, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's what I'd like for you to do right now while, you're, while we're getting started. If you would, get, out, get your phone out. Does everybody, if you have a phone, get it out. Get it out. And open it up to your pictures. Now, normally I, w I don't like you to do this while I'm speaking, but today just kind of open it up to your pictures. We're going to talk about your pictures here. Let you look at a couple of these in just a minute. Uh, the, 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 the passage we read today is an illustration that Jesus uses. Uh, the Pharisees and the other leaders, as Jesus has grown in popularity and grown in authority, they have been very threatened by him, and they're, they're beginning to attack him more and more. 
he is seen as an outsider to their power. He's not come up through their ranks. He's not a member of their group. Their teaching and their training has not been uh, a part of Jesus' life. Uh, he's not a part of the good old boys club of power and understanding hierarchy of power and how all of those things work. And in spite of the miracles that Jesus performed, in spite of the power of his teaching, instead of embracing him as a prophet or as the Messiah, they have increasingly rejected him. They are threatened by him and they are jealous of him. And so Jesus comes about and he's made several pro proclamations that have kind of stirred the waters. And he makes this proclamation. He proclaims that he is the door. He is the only way uh, to the Father. And that anybody that tries to come in any other way is a thief and a robber. And then he tells us this great vision that he has for us. He tells us that he wants us to have life abundantly. Think about that. Jesus wants us to have life abundantly. Now, now take a look at your, your pictures real quick. Uh, let's kind of scroll through a few of them. Who do you have on your pictures? Let me show you a few. Of, I, I hope they have a few of mine up here. Do you have mine? See, there's, there's my, you know, five of my six kids. Who else do we have up? Oh, there's, there's Solomon and Gianna and, and Josiah. Those two of my grand. There's, there's Hattie. And she looks like she's up to something, doesn't she? She just always looks like she's up to something. And Josiah, who helps me out a lot around here. And, and then Hannah and Gianna. Uh, and there's, there's Hattie again. I, I, I just see it in her eyes. What? There's something over there I'm going to do, you know. I, I, when I look through my pictures, I look through the pictures and I find my kids there. I find my wife there. I find my family there. I find people that, are, that, that, that I love dearly. Don't you? I mean, honestly, you don't have a bunch of people, pictures of people in there you hate, do you? People in there you're dreaming, how can I get even with? If you do, please come forward for prayer after church. We need to pray for you before something really bad happens. No, we, we look at these pictures, and these are the pictures of the people that we love. So let me ask you, what is your, what is your dream for them? What, when you look at those pictures and your heart is warmed by them and you, you, you see their personalities in them, what do you want for them? What do you dream for them? What do you wish uh, for them? It's a good thing, isn't it? Do you understand this? You are in the Father's photo package in heaven. When he opens up his photo package, he sees you. He wants you to have life to the full. He wants good things for your life. He wants to bless you. The Father loves you. He looks at you 
and he smiles. This is a consistent message throughout the Bible. This is why God sent Jesus to the earth. This is why Jesus came and gave his life on Calvary. He came that we could have life to the full. When I think of these orphan kids and some of these other kids in the world that are going through so many things, I, it just, it, it's heartbreaking because I think every child deserves a mom and dad, a grandma and grandpa who want the absolute best for them, don't you? And I think when the world doesn't offer that, I think it's a great thing when the church offers that. But we have a Father in heaven who wants that for us. Jesus came to give us that. You know, so we ask ourselves, if that's the case, why do so many people miss life to the full that God wants for us? And the answer to that is, has, has, has been being unfolded as we've been talking on Wednesday night about the book of Proverbs and the, the art of living. Listen, listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. This is, this is God's word to us. He's telling you that his wisdom, wisdom is how we act, learning how to act, that as we learn how to act inside of his word, that that is more precious than all the money, all the stuff we can ever accumulate, that it's more precious than any jewel we can ever wear around our neck or on our hand, that the greatest thing we can ever get is the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God. It's better than the choices of God, of God. So what happens is many people miss God's plan. They miss the life of full. Many Christians miss the fullness of life that God intends for them because they keep one foot out pursuing things like the world pursues them while they want to keep another foot aimed towards heaven. And they miss God's plan because they ignore or they reject the instruction of God. We ignore the instruction of God just by not reading the Word, by not studying the Word, by not being diligent to be in the house of God, by not being faithful and saying, teach me, let me understand your Word, God. I cry out for it, let me get it. We reject it when we know it, when we have heard it, and we decide, I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going I'm to live some other way. I'm going to think a different way. I know the, wor the Word tells me to love my enemies, but my enemies are really bad, so I think it's okay for me to hate them. I, I know the Word tells me not to be greedy, but, you know, I, I want some stuff for myself. I, I'm going to ignore what the world says. I'm going to, I'm, I'm what the Word says. That when we reject what the Word says, then we miss the plan of God for our life. When we sit and the, and the Word of God says, hey, get involved in ministry, use your gifts to build others up, and we don't do that, we ignore that, we choose to go our own way. When we treat it lightly, when we get sidetracked, when we make excuses to live another way or simply don't seek out the Word of God, we're going to miss the plan of God. 
Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understand. Yes, if you call out for insight, you raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, what the Bible's teaching us is that God's instruction, God's word, his teaching to us, learning how to live God's way is a treasure trove for us where we will find great peace and great riches. So we talked about this on Wednesday night. We talked about the fact that the biggest heartaches in our lives come from two sources. Either we go against God's wisdom in our actions or somebody in our life goes against God's wisdom in their actions or we fail to seek God's wisdom in our decisions. We just make decisions on our own. Friends, I want to remind you today, you're on God's dream list. He wants good things for you. He wants you to have life to the full. And friend, if you're not experiencing that life to the full, you need to start seeking in that area of your life what the Word of God says. Because just like you're on God's dream list, you are also on the devil's enemies list. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. He comes smiling. He comes being deceptive. He comes trying to fool us. He comes appealing to our weaker nature, our sin nature, and he tries to get us to live in a way where we would miss God's plan for, my, for our life. This is the core of the message of the next few weeks, that God has a dream for you and the enemy wants to destroy you. God is all about people. In everything he does, he's about people. And so there's two thoughts I really want to leave you with today. Here's the first one. How do you see you? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a person trying to come into alignment with God's word, to live by God's word? Do you see yourself as a person unworthy of God's blessing? Do you see yourself as a person who wants to, wants to trust God and wants to follow him because God has a dream for you, but you have a free choice whether you pursue that dream or whether you deny it? At the core of every healthy church are a group of people who know that God's dream for them is better than their own dream for them, that know that God's plan for them is better than their own plans for them, that God's desires for them are better than their own desires for themselves, God, that God's wisdom is better than their own wisdom, and they are pursuing the wisdom of God to be applied to their life. They're looking at every opportunity that they have. They're looking at every set of circumstances that they face. And they're saying, how would God have me to live in the middle of these circumstances? Because they trust him. 
And at the core of the church, there has to be a group of people who set everything else aside for that purpose. In the next several weeks, we're going to look at that choices that you have to make if you're ever going to find life to the full. The second thing we want you to really think about is how you see the church. Uh, these go hand in hand. What is my role in church? What is my purpose inside the body of Christ? Why has God called people to come together? And why have I been called to be a part of a fellowship of believers? What's my role in it and what's my place in it? And, and how, does, how do we work together as a church to fulfill the mission of the church? The mission of the church is very clear. It's spelled out in God's Word. In Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This verse is known as the Great Commission. This is God's order to his people. Just before Jesus left this earth, before he went back to be with the Father, he gathered the believers together and he gave us this great commission that's been passed down from generation to generation that the purpose of God's people on the earth is to reach people that are far from God. When Jesus called the very first disciples, when he called Peter and Andrew and James and John, he, get, he get, got them together, fishermen, and he looked at them and he said, come follow me and I'm going to give you, you know, some really great teaching and you're going to really have uh, a lot of smooth things going on. That's not what he said to them. He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Why? Because the greatest achievement you can have as a Christian, the greatest achievement we can have as a church is to disciple other people into the faith of Jesus Christ, help them discover his plan for, for their life and know what they are supposed to do in life. That we are, that our eyes are open to follow after him. When God called Abraham and he told Abraham, come and go to this land that you don't know, I'm going to make you a father of many. And what did he say to him? And you will be a blessing to the nations. God was already thinking about the whole world. He was already thinking about all of mankind. And he was setting a plan in place for the salvation of the lost, a people who were far from him, people who didn't know him. Now, there are metaphors that God uses to describe the church on the earth. He, he uses, you know, family, and he uses body, and he uses army. God uses many different metaphors, and each one of us, each one of them shows us a different aspect of the church. None of them are perfect metaphors. That's why he uses so many. But they're a different aspect of the church, and at the center of each one of these metaphors is our ministry to others, our outreach to others, 
are bringing the light of the world to others in some way or some means. The church is healthy as it is filled with people who have found their fullness in God and desire to share their fullness, that fullness with others. Let me say that again. The core of the church gets healthy and strong as, it, as that core is filled with people who have found their fullness in God. They understand God is my hope. Jesus is my Savior. He's the one that gifts me and uses me. And then they desire to share that fullness with others. You know, a true family doesn't hate each other. A true family is not even benign to each other. True family gives themselves for each other and for others' good. The core of every healthy church is filled with people who want to help people. That's why we're celebrating above and beyond these next few weeks. That's why we're going to get together on June 5th and celebrate what's happened this last year as we look at ways we have worked together to bless the people of our community and bless people around the world. Because see, at the core of every healthy church is this growing core of believers who are on mission, who understand what the church is about and understand their role in it, who capture their vision for what they're supposed to be doing in it. And I want to tell you, friend, that's where you find life to the full. You find life to the full when you're being used by the fullness of God. You find the pleasure of God in your life. So here's the question. Are you on mission? Two ways you must be on mission for our church to be healthy, for there to be a growing core of people doing these things. One, we've got to be using our gifts to benefit others. What are you doing to benefit others? If you sit here today and say, boy, I, I do this and to help other people, and I'm doing this to help other people, and boy, God's led me into this ministry, and he's led me into this thing, and here's what I'm doing to help others, then then you're part of that growing core of people who get it. If you're not, if you've, got, if you've made some excuse why you're not using your gifts to bless others, I want to challenge you today. Say, you know what, I need to find that place. Like Stacy found a place. Like Sunday school teachers and children's workers and youth workers and you know, small group leaders and dozens and dozens of other ministries throughout the church where people have found a place to be a blessing to others and say, you know what, I need to get invested. I need to be a blessing to others. And two, we need to be a witness to those who are far from God. We, 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 need, to, we need to hear those people around us. And we need to find that life in the service. I mean, Look at these shoes up here. I, want to, I put these up because I want you to get, to get a visual picture of 500 pair of shoes. And, and you look at these shoes, if you come up here and look at them closely, I mean, there's dress shoes up here. There's casual shoes up here. There are shoes for people with big feet. There are shoes with people with, for people with little feet. There are bright and shiny shoes. Aren't those nice? 
all kinds of bright and shiny shoes. There are flip-flops up here. There's tennis shoes up here. There's boots up here. There's different colored shoes up here. There's just all kinds of shoes that are up here, casual and dress. and I mean, everything you can imagine about shoes are sitting up here, old ones that have been about wore out and ones that look like nobody's ever worn them. You know the one thing they all have in common? Some eternal soul has slipped their feet into those shoes and worn them. They all represent people. They all tell us that there's living people out there. And they're not just living and growing up. They're living on a pathway to eternity. And our job, the church's job, is to see people of all sizes. The little ones that come in on, for vacation Bible school and we have a week in their lives to plant the gospel deep in their heart. To kids in Indonesia who are living in a place where they don't have good beds, they don't have a refrigerator, we have a chance. We have an opportunity. To senior adults who live in a nursing home just getting by, to teenagers who are trying to figure life out and trying to figure what this life's all about, have so many messages from this world pouring into their life, telling them what life should be like and how they should live and what their morals should be like and setting them up to, for the enemy to steal and kill and destroy in their life. All of these shoes represent people. And when we have a youth program like the Oasis and when we have small groups that help bring people in to teach and to really practically apply the Word of God and when we have things like our children's ministry like Vacation Bible School that's coming up or our summer camps that we're sending kids to this summer, all the various things that we do are all aimed at one thing, helping us reach people, every one of them. Friends, you show me the ministry, you show me the place we're spending time and money that's not about us reaching people, we will close it down tomorrow. It's got to be about people. And yet for the church to be healthy, at the core of it, there have to be a group of people who will say, yep, when we do stuff as a group, when we have a Christmas program or Easter weekend or we're doing something and, every, and pastor's saying invite people, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go invite people. I'm going to go ask people to come. I'm going to say for them, and I'm going to pray that when they come, they get saved, that they get touched by the power of God. When we have a missions convention, there's got to be a group of people who say, yeah, I'm excited about that. I can go be a part of that. I can pray for that. I can give to that. I can do something. I may even go on a missions trip. I can do something to make a difference in people's lives, and I'm glad to do it. I'm excited to do it. I want to do it. At the core of a healthy church, there has to be people who look at those things, and that core for that church to be effective has to always be adding new people to that list who say, our lives are about doing what Christ called us to do, which is go into all the world and preach the gospel.
That's what we have to be about. So friends, here's what I want you to think about today. I want you to think about this, the, all of these shoes up here and the people that, are, that, that need to be reached for Jesus. I want you to think about the people who are in your pictures, in your phone. And remember, these are people that you love and they're going to spend eternity someplace. Are you praying for them? Are you being a consistent witness in front of them? Are you loving them and showing them the right way? The dream of God is that everyone will have life to the full here in eternity. And I believe one of the most heartbreaking things on this earth is when people who call themselves Christians miss the divine reason they were created and they see their lives as something far less than living in the purpose of God to do the work of God. They've missed their divine purpose. Friends, we've looked at these shoes up here. I, I want to encourage you to look at yours. Right now, look at, your, look at your shoes on your feet. Maybe they're new and shiny and maybe they're old and beat up. But here's the one thing that's true. Every place... Every place you walk in those shoes is a mission field. Every place you go, there are people there that are going to spend eternity someplace. And a healthy church, a healthy people are saying, God, as I walk into this store today, as I go into the hospital, as I go into my place of work as I walk through my neighborhood. God, don't let me be in such a hurry that I miss my mission. Did I miss why you would send me here? The people who get it understand it. Let's stand together today and pray. Jesus, we love you today. And I know at the core of this church are people who feel just the way I've talked that we couldn't do the things we do if that wasn't the case. But Father, my prayer is for others that they would join that core, that they begin to understand this is all about people. And that Father, even the way we would come into the church, we would reflect that in Jesus' name. As every head bowed, every eye closed today, if you'll say, to me, you know, friends, I want, what I want to say to you is that, you know, all this life full that God promises you, all that, it all starts with you surrendering your life to Christ. Have you ever acknowledged to Him that you know He's Lord of your life? Have you ever surrendered your life to Him to say, I understand I'm not the Lord of my life, you are? Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked Jesus to be the Savior of your life? Have you ever done that? Listen, all eternity hangs on that question. Whether you ask Jesus to be the Savior of your life. You say, Pastor, I'd like to today. I'd like to acknowledge that he's my Lord today. I would like to ask him to be my Savior today. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to ask Christ into my life.
today. Right here, right now. You raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Lord, in Jesus' name, touch lives today, touch hearts today. And if anyone here is far from you, move in their life and touch them today. We ask in Jesus' name. I'm looking across this place. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else today? You'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Anyone else? Bless the Lord. We're going to pray a prayer together today. And I'm going to ask uh, just a couple of the members of our prayer team to come over here to, to my left and stand up here in the front. Just a couple of them right now. While they're coming, let's all pray this prayer together today. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I ask you to be the Savior of my soul. And I put my faith in you to be the Lord of my life. And I ask you to help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. I come in here every day and, and I pray. And one of the main things I pray is that every week we will see dozens of people come to Christ. Will you join me in that prayer? Will you join me in that prayer? How many of you will join me in that prayer? We need to see people come to Christ, amen? Now listen, if you were bashful, you didn't come down while uh, the others were coming, uh, I, I want to encourage you to step out while others are coming this time. You come right over to these, these folks down here. Paul will be right down there on the end. Come down and see Paul. Come down and see the Fleeners. They're right. They're standing right. right. She's raising her hand now. So is Rick. Good. Come see them. We want to talk to you about your faith. We want to make sure you are locked in in your faith and you're growing. We're going to give you some things that you can do this week that will help you lock in in faith. So if you raised your hand or if you've never come down forward and talked to anybody, you need to come down today. Now, the rest of us, if you have any need in your life, we want to pray for you. Any need. You're going through a physical thing, whatever it might be. You need freed from addiction. God wants to set you free. We're believing in the miracle working power of God to set people free from addictions. We're believing in the miracle working power of God to give us direction. We believe we can meet with God because He wants us to have life to the full. Amen? We love you. God bless you. Let's be a healthy church. Amen? Amen.